We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Backliners Podcast, Agro and Barracuda, as per usual. <laughs> this week, we are joined by none other than the beautiful Dolson. Barra, you looked, it just popped up on my stream that you uh, you got it right. I'm assuming I've been unmuted this whole time, <laughs> and that everyone's actually been able to hear me. And that I you also never said I was ready. God. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's true. I noticed that, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Also, if I could, um, if I could do give a little criticism here, Bear, there's a little black bar on my camera, <laughs> Bro. that's you know, that shows that I'm not quite fully in the. I was way more here. concerned about Dolson than you. I'll be honest. I just having to fit the boxes inside, and it yeah. was it was complicated. I I'm sorry, Bear. I only give you grief so that whenever I come back to Atlanta mm-hmm. and I'm running the show again on the tech side. That you will appreciate mm. how poorly I do it. <laughs> I always make mistakes, and then you could go, "Oh yeah, I totally get it." You know, that's uh, I mean, that's the way it is. Like, you know, we could be brothers in our pain. Like if I'm streaming, and then I have to like swap the overlay, and then I have to fit the webcams inside, and then I have to change the stream key. It's uh-huh. a lot. It's a lot like mentally tasking for my tiny adc brain that i can't really comprehend and it takes i mean it took like five minutes to get you guys inside the box and i didn't even get one right <laughs> you did a good job no the, i remember the first time we had a guest uh fitting it in the guest overlay took me much longer than five minutes so i'm impressed uh and then yours is really do it so seamlessly actually i guess I that's like, just um sorry the yeah, uh, the group chat we have here on discord is a picture of some family member of ryan's and then a really sad, drunk Bruins fan. And that's the only two pictures. That are in our group you know, which one are we in this scenario? Are we my nephew looking cute as a button? Uh, or this absolutely hammered Bruins fan taking a drink out of a flask at a Bruins game? The question is, what are we? which one of the two are we feeling? Yeah, which one are we more like right now? Oh, man. I mean, your nephew's just... just cute as heck so i i think yeah. i'm just by default anything less than that is is drunk bruins fan so i'm drunk bruins fan tonight i'm certainly in drunk bruins fan <laughs> category today how about you bear how are you how are you feeling are you feeling better yet uh yeah i'm feeling better i'm inhalered up my inhaler makes me like really sleepy so i'm probably not gonna take also on the instructions it says take one puff and that made me laugh very hard because I didn't think that inhaler instructions would be like, take a puff, you know, in the morning, you know, just take yeah. a puff at night. That sounds like more of like a cigar thing or something, I guess. That's like a metric a few people, you know, a handful of people in society would have like a really good idea of like exactly what a puff is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I surely don't. 
Um, of course not. No, I think if it said also like take one rip, I also <laughs> what that means. But it would be funny. Parts <laughs> I would know what it meant. Nice and tight. We got to get off this before we lose all our sponsors. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, 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 but that is a really good bit that I would love to continue. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit of SPL uh, to kick off the show. Let's, let's get to it early because Dave's got somewhere to go um, at nine. He's got to get out of here at nine p.m. So we gotta, so we gotta get off the ball rolling. So to speak, I'm going to see Top Gun for the third time. Uh, just to let really? you know. yeah, wow. is it that good, Dave? Can uh, I admit something to you? I have never seen even the OG the one. First Top Gun, yeah, oh. I've never seen it. Um, the first one like one like one hearts and stuff. You know, Tom Cruise like probably heart heart throb back in the day, and there was like good fighter scenes and stuff, but it wasn't like super intricate action um it was just like a little cheesy a little over the top you know they had like mm-hmm. the shirtless volleyball scene like out of nowhere super unnecessary <laughs> but like people loved it yeah. um and this plays on that i'm sure you've seen the pictures of like miles teller on the beach like doing his little like shoulder swing dance so they have some of that um but the the action and like the fighter jet scenes are are much more modern and like dialed up um <laughs> And I think it's really good. I think it's one of the best movies I've seen recently. Um, wow! And it's high press. If, if there's a if there's a Navy recruiter booth outside the theater, <laughs> all yeah, are off. You know, <laughs> yeah, that would be a really good predatory way to get people to sign up for the military. Am I right, fellas? You can do what you just saw. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Again, it's a topic I should get yeah, off right. before I lose us our sponsorships. Yeah, right, 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 right. No, that's uh, that's okay. Dave, I was about to tell a story about. Um, I've been golfing a lot while I'm here in Pittsburgh, <laughs> and I was going to talk about it, but then I realized that Barrow would probably feel a little excluded because he's not super into golf or anything like that. And right. then it hit me that we should um, we should take Barrow golfing for content. Um, oh no! I think that'd be and, fun. And oh I think no! That you and I should just. Put a golf club in Barra's hands <laughs> on a nice course. Um, yeah. And let, just let it roll, you know? See what <laughs> happens. Do you think, so there's, it's either he's, he's, he's Neil Ma, who's uh-huh. like super unassuming and then rips the ball, you know, 300 yards. Neil's an athletic beast for sure. Um, or I don't, the only, the only time I've golfed with you is with other really good people. So I don't, I don't know any bad, or it's like me who maybe looks more athletic, but like can't golf at all um speaking of one rip, that made me think of the video of you chunking <laughs> i will i will retweet it one of my favorite tweets i've ever had it was post worlds a few years ago dave and i went out and played like some winter golf which in georgia yes. is great you know the grass is all dead but it's still fairly warm right dave abs i'm taking a video of dave absolutely just hitting the chunkiest iron of all time. It goes like 25 yards. <laughs> and Dave Dave throws his throws his iron like a javelin. Yeah. And then he has a we were of course enjoying some black and milds as yeah, you right. do on the golf course. And Dave just takes this massive drag from this <laughs> after yeeting his golf club yeah. in the middle of the fairway. And it's one of the funniest videos I've ever taken. And I really gotta repost it. <laughs> Both the shirt and the club were too small for me, so it really adds to the. Like, I'm bent yeah, he's all using the way these old like, irons, and they're like. Yeah, I gotta repost that video. Yeah, that would be Barra on the golf course. No, uh, someone in the chat asked if Barra would break 110. 
I would give Barra $110 if he broke 100. I don't even think I break 110 the majority of the time. Um, and I golf a, a decent bit. So Maybe. Yeah, you're probably pretty close. What I, I was going to tell you, Dave, is that that. I've had a couple of really good nine-hole stretches. Uh, the other day, I was <laughs> three over through seven, which is insane for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I double bogeyed eight and nine and was very sad. Uh, and yeah. only played nine holes that day. But I have not broken into the 80s yet, but... I'm, I'm right on the cusp. I'm right on the precipice. That's, That's uh, right. Soon enough. You just got to clean up some of those approach shots, the putting. Yep. You know, no more three putts. We're only nope. two putting. The homie Rick Shields, my favorite YouTube golfer, uh, he, uh, he, he went, had a video on different putting grips. I've changed my putting grip. It's completely transformed my putting. Barra, all you have to do is you got to separate the top and bottom hands and then make them work independently of one another. You push mm. back with your left hand or your top hand. And you push forward with your right hand, and you don't let either one mess with the other one. Um, and it's been Derek very successful. Is, for me. Just out of his depth right now is no. Yeah, idea. what? What do you mean? <laughs> just taught him to cut. I just taught him. Yeah, you go in two different directions with your hands. <laughs> yeah, you know you got to push the club backwards and forwards. So you know you you do right. it. There's... I just I'm not going to talk a lot about golf, and, and here we are. Still yeah, that would make me look like an idiot later. if I was just go, like scissoring the golf club trying to putt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Who made that? Was that Dave? Was that, that was yeah, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the motion you're saying. You're going in two yeah. different directions. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. more or less, I guess. That would be it. You just but take a and, and, the <laughs> and then you're tired, you're getting a little sleepy, and then you go. Um, you guys I think are... you would be good. <laughs> I think you would be good uh, at. So, certain people are just like funny to watch approach things um, yep. and the way that they approach them. Mm-hmm. I think that I would really enjoy a series where you just try doing different things that you've never really done before, and I just guys? watch it happen. Yep. I don't know what that is. You want to try, guys? No, try guys? On YouTube, yeah. Oh. They just try yeah. stuff? Yeah, they just try stuff. They've done, like, literally everything in the world. So, so, there's like, no, so they're not making any more videos, then, you're telling me? Well, they, they do, like, drunk trivia and stuff, which is really mm. funny to watch. But, I mean, I, I guess they haven't tried everything in the world, but they've tried a lot of stuff. But I would highly recommend some Try Guys uh, YouTube videos if you have not watched them yet. All right, well, only if you're on it, because I'm going to watch you try and play golf without knowing uh, without knowing what's going on as long as um, you don't cast me then i'm i'm done <laughs> sure i don't I, i'm washed bear i can't cast anything okay this guy <laughs> bro this guy i don't got it anymore man i'm not that guy anymore you are that like smite we were dude yeah. for the record i tried to get us on smite yeah, we, talk at 805 that was, that was really good. okay that was really good. I, I tried uh, okay you didn't I try also, <laughs> yeah that's no, what i was gonna I, say I, <laughs> I did try, and then I derailed myself <laughs> out of there. Uh, but let uh-huh. the record show that I did try, and then let the record also conveniently leave out that I was the one that prevented it from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so this SPL first, SPL. or yeah, Lancelot, or what? Of, yeah, SPL first. Let's talk okay. SPL first. Um, I did not get a chance to watch a whole lot. You know, it, being, uh, being where I grew up and visiting a lot of family and all that kind of stuff uh, has kept me pretty busy on the weekends in particular, so I haven't gotten a chance to watch a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But Barry, I'm seeing a pretty, pretty big week for you guys. Two one over the the Jay Dragons, then two zero over the Oni Warriors, who 
two owed the Titans, who we said were pretty far and away the best team after week one. Yeah. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the Bolts. What uh what what went well for you guys this week? Um, so I was feeling like absolute garbage when I played the Dragons, and my team basically just put me in the little backpack where uh, no sicknesses can get to me, and <laughs> uh, hard carried me. <clears throat> thankfully on uh those games and i th- think game one i was turnabog and i want to say i had a pretty good performance on turnabog and then game two and three i was on jingwei into pcat's uler and pcat took me up and down that lane and uh decimated me needless to say and i was not playing well into it at all i was just getting axed and getting poked and getting my purples pressured and yeah in game two we uh we didn't have enough pressure, I think, and then going into game three, I wanted to swap around our draft, and I think game three was the game that we picked hell, and I said, yep. play with Vin about 900 times that game, and I just wanted to make sure we were, you know, playing with our hell, which sometimes we struggle with, and just playing, like, as a team, and, because hell is a pretty, like, I mean, it's just, like, relatively new pick for us, I don't think we have much experience with it as a team like or i mean vin has a lot of experience with it but you have to play team fights so differently mm-hmm. and i just really wanted to like iron down comms that game if my individual performance wasn't going to be great because i was literally like staring at my screen i didn't really know what was happening there were just people in front of me and i was shooting people sometimes and yeah and then for our warrior set i was feeling i was feeling okay that day and i had like much better or much better individual performance, uh, much better like uh, team performance, comp performance, kind of everything. And I'm definitely on the up and up, like sickness wise. Thankfully, um, still a little sick here and there. I've been coughing a fair bit today. Um, but yeah, really good performance by us against both teams. Freya pick for you here in the second game of the of the Warrior set, and then you know mm. saw some buffs, so not too surprised to see her get played. Dave, did you uh, did you cast any either of these bolt sets? I, I think I. Uh, time is a flat circle, man. Um, yes, it is. I think I, I think I casted um, bolt strikes. I can tell you in just a moment. Um, bolt. He's on it. What's 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 today? Today's the twenty first. <laughs> uh, that was the seventeenth. I 17th. casted bolts warriors. That's right. I casted bolts warriors. I was uh, I was on desk for dragons bolts. I do want to say it. I have a vested interest in the bolts this phase. Um, of course, oh. I always do. Um, but I have Lazra and Ven on my Pastor oh, Fantasy okay. team this phase. Okay. Um, so it's actually that Dragon's Bolt set was like best case scenario for me where mm-hmm. Laz and Ven were like really, really popping off and, and game three in particular, a nice eight, three and nine for, for Laz and a nice five, two and 14 for Ven, Ooh. um, was really nice for me in my, in my fantasy team. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> So if that could continue, Barra, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Just play you, through those two. You just um, want me to be sick or like what are you no, asking? No, not so much here? the okay. sickness. Just just let you know, let them get all of the points. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'd be that'd be sweet for me. Um, well, I mean, I, whenever my mid jungler playing this well, it's pretty easy <laughs> for me to like you know yeah. sit back, put my feet up, relax, you know, eat a few axes here and there. Mm-hmm. Don't really have to do too, too much, you know, just get to the mid game and uh, not be too far behind. And I did, 
Also, I haven't really been playing much ranked, like, before this past weekend. And I tried, oh. like, four different builds this weekend. I tried, like, Exe first. I tried, uh, I think I tried Ickable first. And I'm just trying to figure out what actually feels good in ADC right now. Because a lot of people are liking Ickable. And they like it for, like, the boxing and clearing and laning phase. And sometimes you transition to mid-game with that build. And you are hitting tanks for literally 80. And yeah. you're just not loving life. And I tried like Devos a game, and that felt really good actually. Absolutely love the. I would think it went Devos into crit on Jing, like Devos, Xe, Wind Demon, Deathbringer. And that yeah. felt really good. Yeah, this. Uh, I, I see a couple different yep. builds here. Three different ADC builds um, out of your four games that you played a traditional hunter. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely not liking the look of this. Xe Rush <laughs> build. This just looks not good on paper. Like not even on paper. Just the order that the items <laughs> hit my eye. Uh -huh. I'm not really liking a whole lot. What, it's what? like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a painting that is not eliciting a good reaction from my, from, from my soul right away. What, what's the order of the items that game? <clears throat> uh, it is Death's Embrace. So you started Death Toll. Uh, mm -hmm. Executioner, Aussie, Chin Size, Wind Demon, Deathbringer. Oh yeah, I'm not sure what I was sipping that game. That's the old shred. <laughs> you didn't take an extra puff out of the inhaler. That no, <laughs> I did not. Unfortunately, uh, I remember thinking that game. I was like, I want some percent health damage, and I was like, I need some life still when they're diving me. And then, yeah, I don't really know what happened that game, but it didn't feel that bad, surprisingly. Because yeah, I mean, once you get to six, the, these six <laughs> items good right like it doesn't matter the order that you built them um mm -hmm. it's just six good items but yeah this power curve seems very wonky to me like you there's no way you feel strong with xe aussie as your first two i mean it's really against other squishies like i feel like that that doesn't provide what you're really looking for against squishies against tanks like your two item power spike probably feels okay Mm -hmm. But against Squishies, that's probably not feeling very good at all. Yeah, it's really weird, because, like, in that same point, if you go Ickable Aussie, and then the Soul Inner's rotating over with Solve Glad Shield, you are doing Yeah, nothing. you're worthless. Yeah, and, you're worthless. And then you still have to curve out your pin and your crit. So if you go, mm -hmm. like, Ickable Aussie, Wind Demon, Deathbringer, your penetration's really low going into, like, late game, because then at that point you're getting your starter, and then your big penetration's delayed to, like last item and right. spinner likes to go like no life steal sometimes like he'll just go like xe wind demon deathbringer like he'll literally just like get to the mid game as fast as possible with um, death's embrace yeah yeah uh, this is lifesteal yep. yeah that makes sense to me and he just assumes that like he won't take that much damage in the laning phase um but everyone which Probably I think, true. which I think is really interesting right now in ADC. You can kind of see everyone's playstyles coming out. Like the people that want to play like lane fighters, like Pcat, they're picking the Ulers. They're going Ickable Rush and lane. Um, they're just playing like Huyi as well, just playing like as aggressive as possible. And there's no more team fight players. Like I would say, like me, Spinner, Netroid, um, going more. I think Netroid as well was going Ickable first. Um, yeah. But the Executioner. Like, it sounds really troll and really stupid, but it's got 40 power on it, so it's not, like, that bad to get it first. That's true. No, it makes sense. It's just, like, 
Exy's been in the game since Alpha, uh, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> has it ever been a first item buy? Yeah, it just ever? looks like visually, it just looks weird to have it. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It does really visually matter. look weird. Yeah, it's almost like um, when there uh, there's a group of the Xbox players who really got into like Griff uh, is a big offender here of buying their starter item second intentionally oh that's um, terrible yeah i hate it because he knows so that we hate it and i complain to him like about right it right down the right down the list right on the yeah. spectator scoreboard it's nice it's starters it's yep. items Get yeah on, it's, uh, it's like that it just something just feels wrong uh mm. when you look at it it's kind of like when you look at your yeah, me too. I absolutely hate that. But Dave, you completely ruined my transition. It's almost like when you look at your uh, wireless bill and it's more than fifteen bucks a month, and it just doesn't—it just doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel right in your bones. But just like buying XE early, it doesn't need to be that way. You could you could buy the XE a little bit later, and you could switch to Mint Mobile if you want your wireless bill to be fifteen dollars a month. And you must be thinking. Agro, you moron. There's no way that you're getting premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. I'm going to have to use an old flip phone in order to get that type of service for that price. And that's where you're wrong, bucko. Because you can keep your same phone with all of your existing contacts. And you get the nation's largest 5G network through Mint Mobile, of course. That's where you got to go in order to do it. There Tell the good, the good listeners of our podcast how good Mint Mobile is as a proud Mint Mobile user. We swapped over a while back. I want to say in November or December, and we have saved so much money. Destiny especially, because, you know, me and Agra, you know, we got the hookup. But uh, of course. Destiny, you know, still saving a ton of money, paying like 15 as Agra said, like $15 a month. And I think I said this like last week, but I'm a huge penny pincher. So anyway, I can save money at all ever i'm going to do and their service is amazing everything's amazing i absolutely love mint mobile we love mint mobile around here they do their low prices because they cut out the cost of retail they don't have any retail stores they just pass those savings directly on to you so in order to get those savings delivered directly to your door again for just 15 bucks a month for this wireless plan you go to mintmobile.com backliners that's mintmobile.com backliners Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash backliners. Um, okay, let's, uh, I do want to, you were talking about Spinner a little bit there. I do want to talk about the Titans. I mean, we came in or out of last week talking about how the Titans might look like the uncontested um, yep. number one team. They go two or they go one, one, two, two in their overall games on the weekend. They lose 2 0 to the Oni Warriors. And then on Sunday, they beat the Valkyries uh, 2-0, but you know the Valkyries aren't uh, looking like they're playing their absolute best smite right now. So I, I think the bigger story is certainly the Warriors winning. Was this a case of the Warriors winning or the Titans losing a little bit more so? Uh, I think it was a mix of both. I know in the interview uh, Sot had on Sunday after they beat Valks, he said that they were just a little bit tired that day. I mean, obviously that's not an excuse, but they he just said they were like, low energy and not really like paying much attention they were just kind of like going through the motions um but warriors played insanely well like i was pretty not like nervous but like i was expecting a really hard match on sunday when we played them like they looked so clean against uh titans 
They were hard pressuring mm -hmm. the map. They were winning like every 3v3 in mid. Like all of their players were having standout performances. And then they just kind of like dropped the, or Titans just kind of dropped the ball. And then they definitely picked it up on Sunday. And I think mm -hmm. also, I think we have a pretty good matchup into Warriors. I feel like we know like exactly what they're going to do on the map macro wise and how they want to play the game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like the opposite of Dragons. I feel like Dragons are kind of like random on the map a fair bit sometimes, and that catches us off guard. But Warriors are much more, I don't want to say like predictable as in like they're easy to read like as a team in general, but I feel like they have a very standard way of playing the game. Um, yeah. And macro wise, I feel like we just have like the upper hand on them. Um, Yo, also, what? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was looking at the stats for this <laughs> Titans Valk set. Paul was 2-0-10 on Yu Huang in a game that was 15-15 in kills. Paul did 48,000 damage mm -hmm. as that Yu was, Huang. Uh, that was Paul's like MO this weekend on, on Yu Huang, it yep. really felt like. In both of those games, like kind of chilled and, uh, and just poured out damage and, and got a lot of assists and, and hung out way in the back line and just shredded shredded health bars um well the rest of the squad kind of double dove in that valk set was was entertaining to watch from a dive like a dive frontline initiation perspective um yeah. scott brought out the robin solo back-to-back -back games and it looked near unkillable oh um, bro Agro, did yes, you see he was literally he was standing in merlin twos on purpose yeah. like yeah he was just That's standing crazy. He, I, I kept expecting him to laugh in cams, and he was just, like, dead face. It's like, staring, <laughs> sitting in damage. And he would just walk up to a phoenix and tank auto attacks and just, like, straight face, just, like, not care. Like, I was like, he's I absolutely think, loving this. I believe game he mitigated one got a, to, what? Yeah, he did 96k mitigated in game two. Um, in 63 minutes, he mitigated <laughs> 96,000 damage? Is that correct? Of game one, he, we were on we were on buying items in fountain status uh, in the enemy fountain. Like yep. we were diving, he, he, he upgraded his blue stone in the Valk's fountain while killing them. Um, and yeah, it's ninety six thousand mitigated. I, yeah, I don't know. I I remember talking to him after the game, and he said he he never scrimmed with it with mm -hmm. his team. They never practiced it, um, uh -huh. but. It was just something I think through through the grapevine and ranked he had heard worked, and he was like, you know. I want to give this a try, and and now I'm nervous that it's actually going to be a thing. I mean, I'm not nervous because it's kind of fun to watch, but... Well, you should be, Dave. You're a mid-laden player like me, and Robin is uh, the type of character that, from a fundamental standpoint, just makes you unhappy. Uh, his job yep. is to make mages unhappy in particular, yep. and he does a really good job of that. He sure does. A really good and job that of that. shield is big. That, is a... that shield is big, for sure, yeah. I look, I mean, this build that he's gone of Oni Hunter's garb, yep. Spirit Robe, and Lono's, with Sigil of the Old Guard especially, mm -hmm. like, in this, in this game where he mitigated 96, I have been waiting, like, there are a lot of things that I think all of us that, like, are really into the, the game and, like, thinking about it from a high level... There are a lot of things that I think ha have got to be OP that people just haven't done. Um, and it's not that I think that I'm smarter than everybody else or anything like that. It's just that, like, it's really easy to, to lose 
lose the forest for the trees and mm-hmm. uh, get kind of caught up and stuff. And, and I do the exact same thing. There's a reason why I haven't been out there showing people it's OP. It's because I'm trying other stuff at the same time. Stacking damage mitigation has always been one of those things of like, are we sure every time we're talking about like the mitigation on an item or something like that, I'm like, guys, are we sure we could afford to add <laughs> mitigation? Because like, this is a really, really strong stat. I've been mm-hmm. saying Spear Robe is like the best item in the game against the majority of gods forever. I think this item is so fundamentally strong mm-hmm. and we, don't, we didn't see that much of it until recently. Like, it, do, it does not surprise me that going this full mitigation build felt really insane as long as you've got someone to do the damage for you. When Paul's putting out a clean 48,000 damage uh, yeah. on the Yu Huang that game, like, what do you do? What do you do against that? I mean, it's like... His job is to just turn every fight into a 4v3 as he dives both backliners. Like, because mm-hmm. you know he can't die, and you know he's loving it at the same time, so he's, like, having a great time diving. Right. And also, I wanted to transition a little bit into bugs. Uh, sure. I, as a bugs fan, I feel like we keep saying this, but, like... Oh, thank God. I think we're talking about, like, bugs in the game, and I was like, oh, here we oh, go. Oh, no. Is he going to Oh, I was going to make a joke about the scarabs and it would have fallen Oh my god, Barry, you scared me for a second. Sorry, bro. sorry, oh, sorry. Wait, I thought I was in the pro discord again. Okay, go ahead. You invite a smite game viewer to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't know. I really feel like their frontline is just very not cohesive right now. I feel like it's like yeah. I talked about this when I was uh, streaming the games and aggro. I feel like every time you say <laughs> a lot of the weight is like on scream on that team, and every time he has a good performance, they look good. I feel uh-huh. like every time you say that, you power up scream and weaken the rest of the team. <laughs> like you're like sapping all of their power away from their players and just dumping it in a scream, like. That man was Merkelting. That man was Merkelting on cooldown, like regardless of it if it was good or not. Like he was trying to uh-huh. make every play he possibly could. And I just, I feel like Bug should be better. I just feel like, I feel like Bobby's not having like his greatest performance lately. I feel like Scary's still like transitioning back into SPL a little bit with his picks and like what he wants to do. Like they were playing, they were playing some Uller solo against yeah. the Valve, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, especially for Scary D, that's not typically in one of the games. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they also drafted Chernabog, and I was certain that it would, you know, it'd be Chern solo because that's what we've been seeing. And then right. Uller, of course, for Stu. Um, the Stuler is legendary. Well, mm-hmm. Stu absolutely went off in Game Three against the Valk, So did Scream. Um, 10, yeah. 1, and 10 for, for Stu and 10, 1, and 11 for Scream. But mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I don't. The, the Scarabs are. They're, they're like alert. And it's been this way since, since last year. Mm-hmm. Where like they, they. Like two game sets, they just. They, they can't do it. Like it, against everyone. It's always a three game set. Uh, the Kings finally broke that this weekend. They, they 2 0 them at the end of the weekend. But like. It's so interesting following the thread through a set as a caster with the scarabs because they always keep you on your toes. You're, you're never quite sure <laughs> if, if you're going to be getting like world semifinal scarabs mm-hmm. um, and they're going to take it to any team in the league and they're going three games. But 
one way or another, it always feels like 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 nothing's guaranteed with with this team. And I think they've got yeah, a little right. better about it. I, I agree with the the mindset that the front line is getting a bit or has some some growing to do, right? More more cohesive there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, we I, I think this phase as well. We've seen we've seen the the world beaters yep. scarabs, and then we we've seen um, a, a team that that looks a bit disappointing. And so I I think <laughs> I think there's some there's some drama in the inconsistency as a caster, right? Like it's sure. you, you never you never know, and you kind of build up the the any any given Sunday kind of mm-hmm. kind of style. Um, which I'm makes, sure as players for them though it's a bit frustrating. It probably makes it exciting as a Scarabs fan. I mean if you are a Scarabs fan to like, oh yeah, what Scarabs am I getting this weekend? But then you probably are like, okay, I just want like consistency now. Like Right. Right. And <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel that way about Valks. I was gonna ask you guys your opinions of them. Like what do you think that now is the time that they should be looking better? Or do you think that they Still have a yeah. few more weeks of like leeway. Like, oh yeah, they'll I, get better eventually. You know, like, yeah. Uh, we, I actually, I remember when on the Valkyrie set this week, and I, I had Trelly on the desk with me, and I, I effectively brought that up. I was like, look, mm-hmm. like phase one, we said yes. It's like it's gonna be transitional period. Like they hope to look good, but like in all reality, it's a whole, it's a, it's a new life for most of these players, even outside mm-hmm. of the game of Smite. You know, you're, you're, yeah, you're living in a new place. Yeah. Um, and so, I with with me personally, I think the the Valks have a bit more a, a bit more leeway with me. I'm not ready to to move on just yet from the they're getting used to the SPL and all of that because I, I I do I do think that's a thing. That said, mm-hmm. there's a bit of nuance to it. I'm not ready to to totally put the the newness to the SPL and all of that by the wayside yet. You know, I, I they still have some some leeway with me there but i i do think that i would have liked to see them look a bit more competitive by now at the same mm-hmm. time you know like I, I think it's kind of a two-part thing where like i i absolutely give them a bit more time to get up and running um but the the scc squad pokes through every once in a while um yep. so i think getting getting that sort of out of the out of the system a bit more consistently is, is where they can grow now moving forward. Um, so yeah, yeah. So my, my take is I'm not ready to toss it out yet, but sure. you would hope Getting to see there. a bit more consistency over the mm-hmm. next, you know, we, we got another month and a half of this phase, you know? Yep. And so once you're starting to get to the end of phase two and the phase three and closer to worlds, like that's, that's time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. For me, Maybe maybe it's because my allergies are bad and so my brain fog is like usually pretty bad whenever that happens. I lose my airflow in my brain and I swear my thinking goes with it. <laughs> so look, I mean if the Valkyries are aiming to win worlds this year, mm-hmm. then yeah, it is beyond time to hit the panic button. Right. Right. But that being said, I think realistic expectations for the Valkyries team is not for them to win worlds this year. And that is okay. I don't think that means that they don't care as much as the other teams or are trying as hard or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure their goal should still be to win worlds, but 
That's not right. a, it's well. I mean, you tell yourself, yes, we are no, trying right. to win worlds sure. this year, but right. in reality, I don't think that's a realistic goal for them to shoot for with mm-hmm. how little SPL experience they've had. What you know, what we've seen from them so far, nothing has indicated that they are going to be ready for that type of challenge right now. Mm-hmm. What what I will say is that the Valkyries have certainly looked fairly, and, and I will full out admit ahead of time that I have not had a chance to watch much, much SPL these last two weeks in particular. So phase two, I haven't had a chance, a whole lot of chance to watch. I do not think I've seen a single minute of Valkyrie's gameplay quite yet here in phase two, which I do intend to remedy. But from what I'm looking at in these post-game stats, what I'm, you know, comparing to what they picked and banned uh, in phase one and at playoffs and that kind of stuff, these do not look like encouraging signs to me quite yet because they... They aren't losing that many close games. Um, Mm -hmm. When they lose, they lose very hard. And typically, in my experience in watching the SPL for years, what happens with these teams is that they they either blow out teams or they get blown out. There's there's very little in between. And that's kind of where the Valkyries are right now. And then you learn to lose games only by a little bit instead of by a lot. You still only win by blowing opponents out. And you won't, and, but you won't get blown out quite as much, and you'll lose close games that come down to one or two decisions. Mm-hmm. And then you start to win close games that come down to one or two decisions. The fact that we are in the end of June, and we're still not in the lose a whole lot of close games scenario. It's not that you aren't losing any close games. You know, the second game against the Titans, right. it, it looks pretty close in the kill column. Uh, I mean, this is the game that had a million damage and uh, damage mitigated, so they were mm-hmm. certainly fighting a lot. But that's not what the stats are telling me right now. Maybe my eye test would be a little bit different. That's typically what I have relied on a lot throughout my career. But it, it was developmentally, dominant. yeah. It was, it was very dominant. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, developmentally, it does seem... I was hoping to see a little bit more based on what we saw at the very beginning of the year. Um, but, you know, I, don't, I really don't think, like, when I look at this team, obviously the, the Elder Towns and the SEC look very, very strong and could absolutely contend for this spot, but the Valkyries beat them uh, at the yeah. LAM. Um, and who is their easy replacement here? I, no, I really I, don't see one. Like, to your, to your I think point. people, sorry, Dave, go ahead. No, 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 I, I literally cut you off. I, well, that's okay, but I'm used to it. it so, so, yeah, go for it. Uh, to your point, I, I, I very much agree, and that's why I agree with sort of a longer-term plan for the squad potentially, mm-hmm. because I still think that, you know, say, say we do the run back and we do an SEC SPO qualifier tournament again, if, if their current pace hold, I mean, I, this is all speculation. I don't know how we're going to be doing things in Season 10. Um, if if they were put into that type of situation again, I would I would have confidence in them requalifying to the SPL um, over contender teams again without knowing what types of combination of players would would form on some of those other teams vying for SPL spots. But I, I would sure. still favor the Valks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I don't mind a, a longer term plan for this squad. Um, yeah, I, I think in my mind, like. 
a lot of people I know, I, I, I read all the post-game threads, all that kind of stuff. I see Kirmi getting a lot of heat. I think Kirmi is really, really good. I really do. I, I think Kirby. that his, the way he plays the game is not going to make him look good the vast majority of the time, but he reminds me a lot of Captain Twig and the way that he is willing to do whatever is necessary for his team to succeed, regardless of if it makes his scoreline or you know his pick look good. And I think that is really, really valuable to have, even in jungle, which has historically been a very hard carry role. I think Twig has proven that you can play that style and be one of the best players in the league and mm-hmm. one of the most valuable players in the league. So it, I, I'm a, I'm a Kiermi believer personally. Um, you know, I've been fairly critical of Wowie in the past. I don't, he hasn't made me think that he's one of the best ADCs in the SPL, but he also hasn't looked out of place. Um, Gamma, I think all supports are kind of struggling right now with the meta. Um, and Gamma in particular has always been known as this aggressive support. And that is not a particularly successful archetype right now. So I don't think that he's struggling any more than Inbound, who's kind of going through the same growing pains. Uh, So I I really don't think there's a problem there. Benny is going to Benny. Like, he's going to have some really, some some big stinkers, and he's going to have some some (laughs) unbelievable performances. So, and and Aqua has always looked very consistent to me. That guy's not going to lose you any games. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I... It's tough. Like, I, I, this is a team that's been together for a good amount of time. I don't think it's necessarily team synergy, but I, I, I would be an answer in a very long answer to your question you asked a long time ago. I would be mildly concerned, yes, about where the Valkyries are in comparison to where I thought they'd be. They are behind schedule, uh, mm-hmm. by my by my opinion. Um, but it is not a situation like the Warriors where we talked a lot about how they cannot afford to be behind schedule because that is a team that should have world championship aspirations. The Valkyries just should not. Um, and the Scarabs, we've had this conversation about them all year, right? About what, what decisions yep. they should make. We've been having that same discussion under the premise they do have world championship aspirations because of their finish last year. And maybe it is time to, for us to take a step back and go... That, is, that shouldn't be their aim. Their aim should be to just improve and set themselves up for a better run in the long term. I don't think that's what they want to do based yeah, on hearing all of their content. You know, they, they, don't, they don't seem to be happy with that type of thing, which is, which is good by my estimation. But as I've said this whole time, if the Scarab's goal is to win Worlds this year, they are way off course. Like, they aren't even on the same continent to me uh, yeah. right now. I was talking about this with... Uh, when I was expecting the games, I think after we beat Warriors, talking about Valks, and I feel like Valks are just too many, like, team players on their team. I feel like everyone on there, outside of Benny, probably, is just... They seem... They remind me of, like, Season 6 SSG with the way that they play the game. And I feel like... They just don't have, like, win cons. Like, they're just kind of there playing the game, and they just kind of hope it goes well. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have said that going in to the season, that they were lacking win cons necessarily, because, Mm. I mean, Benny Q has looked in the past like one of the stronger win cons in the league, but... It's like playing college basketball and then getting to the NBA, where you can just be so much better than everyone else at the collegiate level 
that you they can game plan for you. They can do whatever. You're gonna get your 25 and five, and the re- and that's gonna be enough because the rest of your team's gonna be so open. At the NBA level, look at what the Miami Heat did to Trey Young. I'm so salty about it. One <laughs> dude is not gonna be enough to to hard carry you. Teams are gonna be able to neutralize that person the vast majority of the times. Also, uh, real quick, yeah. I wanted to bring up that. I think Pagan and Benny are very similar in the way they want to play the game. And I think yes. Dragons with PBM and Sam facilitate Benny so much better than, or uh, facilitate Pagan so much better than Gamma and Kirmi can. I just feel like they don't have yes. the experience yet to. Yeah, kind of that's, that's a really that. big point. But here's, here's a key point. In that, and you said it really well, that I, I, I agree with you, that I don't think the Valkyries have enough win conditions. I was just saying I think Wowie has not looked out of place, and I mean that. But how many role-player ADCs are in the league? I would say me, Netroid, Spinner to a degree. I think Zap as well is a pretty big role-player. I would say Peacats... Definitely a hard carry, and I would say votes a role player as well. Do you think? I don't know if I would say that many though. I think Zap's a really good example um, of a guy who is going to is going to play a role player role in mm-hmm. ADC. But we've seen what he brings to the team um, outside of the the actual on the field play. Mm-hmm. Netrio, I can maybe I can maybe see they did a lot. They had played a lot of games last year where I thought Netrioid was their primary win condition. Um, mm-hmm. The Kings just do a really uh, good I, job of playing through different people. I was talking about um, like laning phase plays. Oh sure, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, think I mean, like with the way that teams try and facilitate, like how a team wants to play philosophically, right? Like mm-hmm. I've been on record a long time saying. You need, uh, I think, the most successful teams at anything, in any sport or esport, have a team identity that they could put as a headline or a tagline on their team as to, if we are doing everything right, this is how our game looks. Mm -hmm. Flexibility is certainly important and all that kind of stuff, but how many many teams have have, don't include their ADC, and the vast majority of their winning game plans, right? Not, not that, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say this, say this the right way. I think you guys are understanding my point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. You need your ADC to be in your top three win conditions, right? I, mm-hmm. Especially in this meta. It is not, I do not mean this to insult Wowie as a player, but this is just the, the analysis that I see. I do not think that Wowie is that type of player. I think that he does, he's not going to lose you games. He's, he's your Andy Dalton. Uh, he, he, he's going to be doing his thing. I don't think he's a bad player. But I don't think that that, is, that style is what is best in ADC right now in the SPL. Like, mm-hmm. look at what Stu does for the Scarabs, how many games yeah. he just... And they play through him. The game plan is clearly facilitate Stu and get Stu ahead and win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Barra, I think, I think that it's not quite as explicit as that sometimes for you guys, but I think there are plenty of times where Ven... You and Ven do a very good job of playing support to each other, depending yep. on what gods you're playing. I think yep. that that's a, a huge strength of your team. I don't see that in the Valkyries quite yet. And mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that is, uh, whether that's intentionally strategic by the Valkyries, whether that is 
just the style that Wowie, you know, I'm assuming he is a, a, a somewhat of a leader on that team based on his experience, um, one way or another. Uh, maybe that's not the way that he wants to be playing the game. Um, but I think for the Valkyries to take that next step, they need a better win condition out of that duo lane. And right now in the meta, it doesn't feel like it's going to be support. Um, uh, so so it's got it's it's just got to be Wowie, um, mm-hmm. and it's not super fair to him because I don't think he's had a bad year. But that's just uh, I don't know. I mean, when when you're at this point, when you've lost as many games as the Valkyries have, I think it's I think it's fair to uh, start thinking of ways to fix it. You know, and that's just the first thing that comes to my mind. I feel like if I was on that team, I would just start getting really desperate in ADC and just start to like play into a lot of gank potentials and like purple invades and just kind of like start rolling the dice and just kind of hoping it works because i feel like they're in desperation mode where they're not really winning enough early games convincingly to say like we're an early game team and i i just think they need more of like an identity as a team like i feel they just kind of like pick good gods and then they're just like okay this is our draft like wow you like jingwei like gamma you like whatever you're picking this game like yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think I love uh, again. I, I'm a big Kier Me fan, um, especially even even off off game. You know, great great guy to talk to. Has a really mm. good head on his shoulders. Um, seems to have a very good um, mindset about everything that's going on with that squad. But I do also get get a similar read where you know, if we do a pregame interview, I know there's only so much that you can say in pregame interviews and. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, the questions are are, are kind of vague. Um, well, Dave, are you writing down your questions? Is, is, are my teeth still? I've shortened, okay. I've shortened them oh, up. Good. I've shortened them up. Good man. Um, I think I asked I asked Kiermi prior to, or somebody asked Kiermi prior to one of their sets this weekend about their game plan to like new. You know what? What are you going to do to to try to slow down whoever they were playing? Oh yeah, it was layers, right? They wanted to control layers. Yeah, maybe it was against the Titans, um, and it really felt like a lot of the answer to your guys' point was, here's what, what we are going to do to try to you know, take it to them in the early game or, or whatever. Uh, essentially, I got our game plan revolves more around stopping them from doing what they want to do rather than us as the Valkyries doing what we want to do. And, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's always going to be a little counterplay in your game plan, you know, keep your eyes out for things that they like to do. But it does feel like at times the Valks play more around what the opponents are trying to do and, and stopping that right. rather than being proactive, like reactive instead of proactive in a way. Um, right. And so I think, th- I think that's an area where they can, where, you know, they can look and say, all right, well, Here's where we could have done X, Y, and Z. Let's try X, Y, and Z next time. Because um, again, I do think there are. I think there's there's good heads on shoulders on that team. It's just mm-hmm. about funneling the focus in the right direction. I think, and and yeah, taking a hard look at where some of the games haven't gone right, and and being realistic about this year, next year, things like that. Because again, I mean, if this squad sticks together, I think they have a real good shot. Again, depending on what we do with with. SPL and qualifiers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know anything about that. But if if it's a longer term plan, that's one thing. But yeah, I, I like the way you worded aggro worlds this year and and 
counter to those expectations. The docs are definitely a bit behind. Yeah, sorry to say anything else. Um, we'll all right, we'll, we'll go ahead, quick, I was just going to say Leviathan's looking much better this split than they did spring yes. split. Much and better. Kings are still uh, kind of perfecting their macro. Well, not like they're working on their macro, but their macro is just so clean. Anyways, you can go. Yeah, they crushed the Scarab this week. Only one game this week for the Kings, though. Um, all right, well, since Dave has his hard cutoff at 9, we gotta we got to get... We, don't, we really don't have time to break down Lancelot in depth at all. Uh, I guess in a, in a word uh, or two, Dave, your, your expectations for, for Lancelot when he becomes pro-viable? Um, you know, assuming yeah. there's obviously going to be changes of some nature, we always do something, but not knowing any of those, assume, you can only yeah. go off of what he is now. I gotta be honest, it's gonna be a super non-committal answer because I've heard a Perfect. lot about I've heard a lot about um I've That's Hindu Man's one teaching in you right there. Yeah, right, absolutely. Well, especially even like during our play tests and stuff we've seen, and I know that's not comparable at all to, sure. to SPL, uh, especially not when I'm in those games. Um <laughs> But I, I have heard <laughs> Yeah, right, oh, that's my Ganesh, and I'm stealing everything. I've heard so even in, in, in like PTS and, and actual pro players getting their hands on the character. I have heard broken. I have heard um, underwhelming. I have heard difficult to play around. Um, uh, like team play, like yeah, setting up for your team, things like that. And I, I do think a lot of that um, gets remedied when you're playing actually at an SPL level. So I, I mm-hmm. do I do get the vibe that we will see Lancelot in a in a carry style role obviously he's an assassin right you're gonna you're gonna, mm-hmm. you're gonna build him like that um well ravana. The, the rumblings i hear say yeah. oh, i said well ravana um i do get the vibe that we will see lancelot in a carry style role mm-hmm. um i think there's enough burst enough utility enough mobility in that kit to make him viable at the spl level um i also think there's counterplay around it i know that especially during playtests and stuff, there was a lot of conversation for us around uh, the shield and, like, how easy or not it is to just, like, dismount him before he can do anything and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the commitment I'll make is I expect to see in a, in a role, in a, in a team comp where you need a, a super mobile carry-style assassin, I think Lancelot could fit that bill. So I'd be surprised if we didn't see him at all. I don't think it's going to necessarily take over. Sure. Um, but I'd be surprised if we don't see any Lancelot in the first couple of weeks that he's available. Sure, fair enough. Bearing you, but maybe a little shorter because Dave uh, cast it for us there. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I really every did. second of it for the record. Uh, so I've only played him in arenas, but he feels extremely fun. I don't know how uh, his ganks will be if he's a jungler. Um, not sure again uh, on his laning phase either in solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he. Solo. I will say he's just. I mean, this is kind of a bad answer, but he's just so fun. <laughs> like, he's actually so fun to play. I love playing that character. Yeah, man. It was a really fun uh, couple months of playtests with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 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 he was really fun. I, I think that he, we will see him. I think that he cannot afford to fall behind. I don't think that he brings enough to the table if he's not able to get in there. Uh, mm-hmm. He has so little range. Um, but if that god gets ahead... He annihilates melee versus melee matchups harder than maybe any assassin in the game. Jeez. Um, he just his mobility and his 
the his interrupt on the two the dismounted two and all that kind of stuff like he is just if you're if you're an assassin 1v1 and he's even with you you just i I feel like you can't win it uh with his with his utility and that kind of stuff which is a really cool identity especially because he's like you know he's a jousting guy you're kind of it's a 1v1 identity like clumsy is the was the lead designer on him i thought he did an amazing job um as per usual clumsy's just a goat and uh and yeah i expect to see him he's very good um okay let's get to our random question of the week real quick dave pick a number three through six we've got we've got those remaining from this week number four best and worst english words uh some some best examples are pizzazz slyly and discombobulated and some worst examples were rural and twelfths which are two really <laughs> words those are really good it reminds me of uh it reminds me of 30 rock i don't know if everyone's watched who who has watched 30 rock one of the funniest shows i've ever seen in my life um and the the rural juror joke uh really just oh, always God. got me oh. that, that was such a good joke uh but yeah barry you're going first this time give me uh, a good english word and a bad english word I can't think of any word in particular for bad. Just anything with like a silent letter just doesn't make any sense to me. I think silent letters are just stupid in general. Sure. Um, also, I have like a southern twang, so anything that destroys my accent or makes words pretty hard to say for me sometimes. Uh, favorite word? Like top tier word? I have no idea. What's Top tier word. That is harder. I can think of a few words I don't like off the top of my head. I'm having like some trouble. Word. I like the word velvet. That's a nice oh. word. That is a velvet is kind of an onomatopoeia in a way. You know? Like, uh, that, like it, it's silky smooth when you say yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it invokes the, the meaning of the word when you say it, um, which is really good. Mm-hmm. That's, a, yeah. that's a good one. I feel like I'm not right, smart enough to think of a good word. Fair enough, uh, Dave. You got a that velvet was a good was a good good word. What about a bad yeah. word that you don't like? Um, I think any and maybe it's just the way I speak. Um, any word that has like the the rural sound very close, like rural, like rural. Yeah, not terrible. I think I think February, even though that doesn't follow that at all because there's only one rural in there, but like the the kind of up and down around the R. Uh, mm-hmm. Like brew- brewery, I hate because I have to Ugh. really like, like really like get in and like really up and down with the R's. <laughs> get down to the um, mud with those with those right. consonants, you know. Brewery, right? Um, yeah. So I think those styles of words I really hate. So I'm gonna throw brew. <laughs> <laughs> no, February does have a site. Feb- yeah, right, February. Uh, no one said it that way. It's yeah, February. It's Let's just word. get over um, it. You know. But but yeah, brewery. Um, I hate because I get all jumbled there in the middle. Mm-hmm. I hate we yeah. have to think about how to say a word mid-sentence. Right. Yes, yes. Um, and, and a lot of this is going to be regional as well, right? Because there's mm-hmm. so much, um, there's so many different, like, regional accents. Uh, one word that has always bothered me is crayon. Uh, mm. I don't like that word. Okay. Why does it have to be so, because I always said crayon, yeah. and now <laughs> it makes me feel uneducated What about, what about people who say crown? I've heard people who say crown, like just straight or, up. Uh, Crayola crown? Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. No just way. straight up. Just no straight way, up. bro. That, that's that's <laughs> just ignorant. No way. That's, a, that's some ignorant nonsense right there. No shot. Ignorant's uh, a good word. Sorry. <laughs> ignorant's kind of a good word. Yeah, that's not a bad one. This is kind of cheating because I don't even know if it's actually English in origin. I don't think it is. Um, but colonel, like the military rank. 
why is it spelled like yep. that? You know? Yeah. I have no idea. Colonial. I hate that. Baloney, another one. Uh, absolutely terrible. I hate, I hate those words. Dude, I just had one that was, that was on the tip of my tongue. I had a, oh, I had God, a thought I just, about I it. I read one that just gave me the willies. Go ahead. <laughs> the willies word. is a good word. <laughs> I like the word willies. Um, <laughs> the word pulp. And I don't know why this Ooh. like... Pulp? Just... <laughs> Right, it's like, yeah, it's, like, it's very staccato, right? It's very short and sweet. Um, but the visualization of potentially bad types of pulp, kind of like... I got one. Mind go. Dude, okay. I got one. I knew I had it written down somewhere. One of my least favorite words ever. Licorice. Oh. Licorice. Bad Why, word. dude? It is terrible. It, 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 it doesn't feel good in my mouth to say. It doesn't spell anything like that. The thing itself sucks. Like, mm -hmm. everything about licorice, bad. Licorice yeah. is my least favorite word. Tastes for sure. Bad. Um, bad word. Worst word of the English language, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Okay, that's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> wow. good, good one. I appreciate it not being the Steelers. Good, good bit. Well, I um, that, that was too low-hanging fruit. I could, it was yeah, right exactly. There. I could have done it. Um, I, uh... <laughs> my, my favorite word yeah layers is in the chat i've got a good favorite word i really like any onomatopoeia anything that elicits the feeling uh, and the meaning of the word with the with how it's said is really good i really like the word dunk i think a like dunk, dunk is just a good it is punchy it is it, it elicits a good reaction you could say it a lot of different ways uh Dunk is just a good, <laughs> a good word. I like the word dunk. It isn't as, you know, uh, uh, Red Buff Bandit, who is the one who sent us this question, uh, his, his examples, pizzazz, slyly, discombobulated, they aren't as punchy. Um, they're just more <laughs> fun to say. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think dunk is really good. I like yeah, that dunk, one. That's a good, that's a good shout. Francisco, that's fun to say. Uh, that's a... Uh, I think is that the quote from Anchorman? I don't know. Uh, San Francisco. Yeah, some, um, something along those lines. Dave, you're going to be late to your showing of Top Gun, so we got to get you out of here. Thanks everyone for uh, for listening uh, and and watching or whatever for for the Backliners podcast this week. Uh, make sure you head on over to mintmobile.com/backliners. That is our sponsor for this week's episode. Best way to support the show is to and to save money. Yeah, and to save money uh, and to have good wireless service. But MintMobile.com are the homies. Uh, best way to support the show is by hooking it up with our sponsors, and MintMobile is our sponsor for this week. Uh, we will be back next week with another wonderful episode of the Backliners. Fellas, mid-season patch is around the corner. I know because I've been losing my mind working on it. I can't wait to show it to all you guys. We're going to have a big episode whenever those patch notes come out. But that isn't until July 6th that those patch notes happen. So we'll see you then. Thanks everyone for watching. Dave, thanks for coming on. Follow yeah, me. Of course, anytime. Slash Dolson Live. I think that's your Twitter. If I didn't. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah, nice. I got it. I'm so good at this. We'll see you guys next time. Barra, you know what to do. Bye. Clean, Barry. Oh Clean. so good. Did you remember to do the po the closing screen this time? Uh, yeah. Oh, you did. Closing screen's up. Mike's still hot, you know. It's, right, as we do. This as, is what we do on the show, is that we perfect. leave the mics hot until someone's about to say something bad, and then you... You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.